I for sure thought that doll had just possessed his body for a second. I was like, maybe that's what happened. It's happened. Maybe yeah. the doll like pulled the Cat Five cable and strangling him with it right now. I hope he's okay. And if <laughs> like, and if and and then a part of the, the weird thing is part of us was like, if that actually happens, we'll get so many views on this podcast. They're guys. They do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. Ladies and gentlemen, oh yeah, he's got the disco skills that kills. We are here for episode 117. I'm your local podcast host, Josh Nolbito, and to my left, we have Nick Kay, professional mind blower. What's up, Nick Kay? What up, friends? Stepping in for your boy, Doug Khan, who's out there breeding like crazy and taking over the planet. Um, <laughs> there is another con in the world. So hey. look out, everyone. Yeah, he's, he's, con he's another- Con woman? Con or is it woman. rude to assume gender? True. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I just, I just always refer to his clan as like, you know, the, the con man, but with the two ends. Con. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? That's enough deep thought for today. Um, it would be look, a funny idea to have a show with con man, like it'd be con M-A-N-N or something like that, but you kind of hide it like yeah. Constantino, Constantino Manopolis or something like that, because it naturally has to be Greek. Oh, so now he, so <laughs> it's everything's just gone Greek now. Uh, we have you on for, you know, a couple episodes and now we're Greek. All right. Good it's stuff. not the first time the Greeks have taken over. You probably heard about the Persian Empire and things of that nature. It's totally a thing. Look, I see what's happening and now it's happening on the podcast. Great. Great. It's really funny because every time I meet someone, I'm like, they, like, I get like a really unique name. I love people with unique names. It's like my favorite thing, right? And you meet someone and they're like, Oh, my name is this. And I go, that's really unique. What is that? And they go, it's Persian. I go, cool. I'm Greek. Are we cool? Because <laughs> did you see 300? I don't, I don't yeah. want to like gloat, but we kind of gave you a hard time. So are we cool? And they're like, yeah, man, we cool. And I'm like, great. Let's do magic. Yeah. Does that happen a lot at gigs? You're like, just to let everyone know, I am Greek. You know, I don't really use that as a divide. I think it creates a divide. I don't typically do that, you know? Um... But it, it is fun when you're at a very woggy type gig. Every now and again, you do something for the Greek community or something like that. You know what I mean? And there is uh, a joy in having like, oh, you're one of us. Oh, you know, um, I remember when I was doing like bar mitzvahs and, and Passovers and things of that nature and performing at, you know, uh, different Jewish type of events uh, around, mm. you know, like I remember saying it at one point I was there, I had a Jewish girlfriend and I was like, oh, my girlfriend's Jewish. And like, oh, are you going to convert? You going to come? You going to come? You want one of us? You, convert? you should convert. And yeah. I'm like, ah, so they're recruiting at this point. Jeez. And um, yeah, so I think I, I kind of broke the title of honorary Jew, which I really love the idea of because I, I just want once in my life to be top Jew. You know, when you see them at the wedding and they're in the chair and they're, yeah. they're pushed or like, I, oh, I the top so juju. deeply, I yeah. so deeply, when I get married, <clears throat> God willing, I like, yeah, I, I like, you'll be there naturally, but like, make sure it happens. Make sure you want the top full, for the full shebang. I oh, will make sure. I Speaking I, of which, I actually did my first bar mitzvah gig last week. Um, I don't know why it's first? taken so long. Yeah, maybe oh. the the community is just not that that 
strong here in Brisbane. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe they just don't hire magicians here. But uh, yeah, I did the first one. And and my goodness, it was like, it was awesome. And it was it was crazy to see kids actually being kids again. Because this community, like they don't let their kids... Um, you know, have Instagram, they don't let them have caffeine. They're like just certain things that, you know, kids take for granted that they just do and whatever and don't recognize the consequences or whatever. But these kids were just like being normal kids. Uh, they had a karaoke machine. I walked in, there was like six 12-year-old boys singing um, Eminem's Lose Yourself, just belting it out, didn't have a care in the world. And then those same six guys were singing let it go by frozen. Like there was just no contrast having the time of their life. I'm like, yeah, I remember what it was like to be like that before you had to worry about, you know, where this video is going to end up if you sing in this or whatever. It was pretty cool. That's really, really refreshing, cool. man. Did you, did you dance the horror with them? Cause that's one of the coolest things you can do at a bar me where you dance the horror, which is effectively like a heavy metal, like circle pit where you dance in a circle and everyone just gets wild. Like it's a really uh, good time. And I feel like I must've got privilege. there. Just after that. <laughs> it's typically when I get there too. So I always try to get to those early, but it's such a pleasure to be a part of. It's a beautiful tradition and they're beautiful people. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah. Speaking wow. of beautiful people, we have a hey, guest today. We do have a guest and he's going to horrify us with some artifacts of his. Uh, we've had a little sneak peek already. This guy does bizarre magic. And not only does he do bizarre magic, but he makes props via his website, Expert at the Craft Table. He's going to tell us more about it, but um, we haven't met him before. So we're all going to come on this journey with you guys. And um, I'll just say whatever happens on this podcast is all um, Bob Possible's fault. So with that said, let's bring on our friend, Simon, ladies and gentlemen. Blame Bob Possible is the default. Oh, is that right? In in Discord, we just blame everything. Yeah, yeah. He's used to it. It's called it's called taking responsibility by passing along liability. So we'll take responsibility for this being entirely awesome, but Bob will be liable for uh, anything that bad happens. Yeah, yeah. And good morning to Doug, or good evening. Doug's in the in the chat today. He's a little tired from his uh, tour he's doing, magic tour, but. Nonetheless, thank you for being here. And yes, Bob is here, so we can hold him fully accountable for whatever happens. Anyway, Simon, <laughs> thanks for being here. We're just chatting offline. It's uh, it's super early in the morning for you in Ireland. Um, Scotland. Cleverly disguised as Scotland. You're very nice. Yeah. So how are you this morning today? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Great. We should also bring to the attention that Simon has been kind enough to stay up uh, because I think it's close to 1 a.m. on your side of the planet, Simon? Yeah, it's just gone 1 a.m. here. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sticking and, it out. I hope you're caffeined like we are. I mean, that's what we yeah. do in Melbourne. And, but. Yeah. What time are you I on think It's uh, 10 a.m. here. 10 a.m. Yeah. I think we need to get you some food. You're looking awfully skinny. I can see your bones. You're just skin and bones there. Hey, <laughs> you see what I did there, guys? That's comedy. Yeah. There's a glow in the dark. Dad. Most most of the good uh, skeleton outfits are glow in the dark. Is that the case with yours? Or this one, I think it does glow in the dark. Yeah, I would have nice. to turn off my studio light and several. Hey, that's light. okay. It, it's probably better for the podcast. <laughs> they can see you. You know. Yeah. Um, okay, give us an intro into your world because I know you, you have a very unique style of performing. Maybe 
some magicians haven't really been introduced to this style before. So what is it you do, Simon? Um, so I do a couple of things. I mean, I do medieval-inspired magic, which I do as a 14th century reenactor. Um, that's stuff people would be familiar with, mostly like cups and balls, um, linking rings, which is attributed to someone in 15th century Spain rather than China. So it's period um, so correct. Hey, you're that. listening to that, Doug? <laughs> uh, I also have an interest in bizarre magic, which is a bit different to what most of your viewers would be used to. Uh, it's, yeah. more, let's, let's, it's more let's sort of storytelling. Let, yeah, let's explore this this notion of bizarre magic because it's not really something that people sort of uh, you know take to very often. They might consider something like, oh, maybe geek magic in which you put needles in oneself or do things of that nature. But bizarre magic, I think, has its, its own separate genre. And I think that an expert like yourself would explain it pretty well. So please, fire yeah, away. Yeah, I mean, I, I do a bit of geek magic as well, but um, only really to people I know rather than as a performance piece. But bizarre magic is is mostly about the storytelling rather than the magic. So you'll tell a story about something, there'll be magical happenings going on at the same time that are more emphasizing the story or making it better rather than the magic being the focus. Um, right. You know, that, I find that really lacking in today's magic as well. I'm writing a couple of new pieces myself, and um, which which I've been doing for a while, but I'm rewriting them to get a message across. And I think it's a really, really lost art. You know, this notion of just blowing someone's mind and walking away is one thing, but when you can make it personal or have a story attached to it, it's quite a fun moment. I mean, storytelling can be done in many ways, whether it be through picture books, um, puppetry. Why not magic? I think it's a great idea. Yeah. And Doug was just um, emphasizing what we just. Sorry. No, no, you're right. Podcast world, we all get used to it. Don't worry. Doug saying so. There is geek magic, and that is actually different to bizarre magic. So is it more like geek magic is more of the visual, like ah, this will freak you out for a second. Yeah, that's like sticking a needle through your arm or eating pins or. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe maybe more stunt orientated things, eating glass, walking on glass, things of that nature. Yeah. More of the stunt orientated um, sort of spectrum, so to speak. And so it, it's it's a weird it's a weird word, isn't it? When you have like storytelling magic framed in this bizarre, because it should actually be framed as something else, something entirely more beautiful. Unless you're telling an awful story, so. Um, what what routines do you do? Like, give us an example of a routine you could, you would do and um, the story you would tell. So a lot of the stuff that I've done more recently has been sort of theatrical seance type stuff. Ah. Um, so you'd be performing a seance and the ghost would actually interact with you. Um, but it is made quite clear that it's theatrical. It's not like contacting the dead grandmother of the person sitting with you. It'll be contacting some ghost who no one in the room actually knows kind of thing. Yeah. Like that, that old premise of, um, you know, every theater has a ghost, which is why you leave the light on the stage, mm. you know, that old yeah. premise. And so that whole notion that like every theater has a ghost and every stage has one, etc. Um, and it, you know, there's always a story to back that up, whether no matter where you are, I found, 
I've even found it in nightclubs that were originally theatres that have turned to nightclubs. There's one place here in Melbourne. Uh, it's called something else now, but it used to be called Billboards. And there's a story of a ghost there that I hear many, many stories because <clears throat> I used to know the owner of that venue um, in, a, in a previous occupation that I had, previous life. And he was telling me that there was a woman who had passed away through reasons that are graphic and not probably fit for podcasting, but she would constantly flick bottle caps at you as you walk through the venue. Like when everyone had gone home and you're cleaning the venue or you're counting the cash and doing the till and they would be flicking like bottle caps that oh. would be left over from like beer bottles would just be like flying at you all the time. Like she would do that, which is like such a parody to the Patrick Swayze movie classic from the 90s ghost because he does that. Yeah. Wow. That's creepy. Mm. There, I mean, mm. there was 100% a ghost in, uh, where were we? Coffs Harbour. Coffs Harbour in, in Australia. And that theatre, like there's a light that would just go off when it wanted to. It's the same theatre that Chris Wayne got flash paper right in his eyeball, trying to burn his retina before the show. Like just a couple of things just happened that was just too weird. For us to not fascinating and and because the staff were telling us about the ghost that lives in the theater and then these things start happening we're like yep that's a thing we've, we've got a few comments here that might be worth highlighting actually we've got um andrew has mentioned that bizarre and geek walk the same path side by side which is true um and Tim has asked whether the stories are from my imagination or whether they have folklore. Bit of column A, bit of column B. Um, if I hear a folklore story that I like the sound of, I might incorporate that into a, a magic act. Um, mm. Sometimes I just make stuff up. Um, I right, agree with that, Simon. Sure I, 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 I totally agree with that. I never let... I never let the truth get in the way of a good story, especially when I'm yeah. telling a magic story. Yeah, very important lesson in magic. Mm. Okay, tell us about this doll that's behind you. I saw you um, kind of tease it a little bit in one of your posts yesterday. Yeah. So the, What is going the on? <laughs> you see a grown man with this freaky doll in the background. We've got to get some context here. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, when, when, the, when you're into the weird stuff like I am, um, you tend to get given weird things by your friends. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, I'm not, it's not actually on camera. There we go. So oh, boy. This, this lovely doll here. Check out this um, doll, everyone. See if we can get it. Simon, is, yeah. that, a, is that a redhead? Uh, it's, it's kind of a reddish brown. Yeah, redheads are trouble. Pro tip. Yeah, so uh, this was given to me by a friend who, who purchased it at an auction. I'm just going to put it down for a second because it came with some documentation, which I'll read out to you because it's, it's kind of interesting. Mm. Um, so there's a come from the auction house. This is provenance document for the Emily doll. Uh, this document serves as a record of ownership and history for the Emily doll, also known as the Western doll. The doll has been passed down through several generations of the Western family and has remained in their possession for over a century. The following is a summary of the doll's provenance. Emily Weston, 
The doll originally belonged to Emily Weston, who tragically lost her life in a freak accident in 1880. Emily was buried with the doll, but it was later exhumed and given to her parents as a memento of their daughter. Robert Weston, Emily's father, uh, Robert inherited the doll after Emily's passing and kept it in his possession until his death. Elizabeth Weston, Robert's daughter and Emily's younger sister. Elizabeth inherited the doll from her father and kept it in her possession until her own passing. Thomas Weston, who is Elizabeth's son and Emily's nephew. And Thomas inherited the doll and kept it in his possession for several decades. Anna Weston, Thomas's daughter. Um, she inherited the doll from her father and kept it for many years. And then it was at an estate auction where it was sold in 2023 uh, to my friend, I'm not going to name him, but it's got his name written on here, uh, who now holds possession of the doll. Mm -hmm. uh, the Emily doll has remained in the Western family's possession for generations and has passed down as a cherished heirloom. Its history is a poignant reminder of the enduring power of objects to hold memories and emotions, and it remains a treasured piece of the Western family's legacy. Um, but the thing that's quite interesting is it's got another page, which... It's actually got a copy of some a news. Well, I'm trying to do this without my camera being mirrored. It's got a copy of a newspaper clipping here, but I'll, I'll give you a brief overview of this. So, uh, the doll, known by its formal name as the Emily doll, has a long and storied history that spans several generations, like, which can be traced back to the late 19th century when it belonged to a young girl named Emily who tragically lost her life in a freak accident. Emily was holding the doll when she fell into a deep hole and was buried alive under dirt, and the doll became a cherished memento of her life. After Emily's passing, the doll was kept by her grieving parents as a way to hold on to a piece of their daughter. As time passed, the doll was passed down through the family, becoming a treasured heirloom and a symbol of Emily's short but meaningful life. Though the doll became increasingly worn and tattered over the years, it remained a precious reminder of the family's history. Um, there are also allegations in here of strange occurrences happening with the doll, which I'm, I'm not too sure how much credence to give them, but Family members reported hearing faint whispers and seeing the doll's eyes move, leading some to believe the doll was cursed or possessed by Emily's restless spirit. And that's the best present to be given by your friend. Well, I was just thinking yeah. that this is, a, a, this is a truly loved heirloom passed down from generation to generation to which your friend purchased and gifted to you before it killed his family. And that's really nice of him. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Tim's asking, the chain was broken. So what now? What happens well, I mean, I, I'm a magician. I I don't believe in supernatural things, so I, I'm quite comfortable with a haunted doll being in my possession. So we'll just have you to see what happens. But so you um, don't believe there's ghosts in each theatre on the stage? I mean, I don't know whether there is a ghost in each theatre. I'm I'm yet to see evidence of the ghost in each theatre. Mm-hmm. Once once I get bottle caps flicked at me, then you know, perhaps we'll we'll talk. Yeah, well, you dre if you dress like a skeleton, they're gonna keep their distance, you know. They're probably like, ah, oh, he's one of us. <laughs> yeah, it's not a, <laughs> yeah. It's not a cool doll. Hey, 
Um, We've also got uh, our friend uh, from Juice Gala Magic in the chat. What's up, bro? Uh, he says, four successful Kickstarters. Incredible. Now, I happen to know of one of your Kickstarters because I own your Cloisters deck. Um, yeah. But tell everyone, like, because people might not realize, you know, this guy has a creepy doll that has this, you know, haunted ability, um, but he still has time to run Kickstarters. So what got you into Kickstarters and creating stuff for, for magicians? Or what, what is it that you do create for the magic so world, I, the magis? Um, I'll just put the doll back on the shelf. So I, I started my business in 2020. So I, I was working in retail in the pandemic, which isn't a great place to be. Mm. Um, got signed off work sick for several months and um, shit I need some money I'm sorry if I uh, you can shit away okay? don't worry <laughs> there's a safe yeah. space okay so um, yeah so I've been being a level worker making medieval stuff um, I decided I was going to make myself some new magic stuff and I was doing coin magic at the time, just trying to get good at it, which I still haven't because I suck at coin magic. Um, but I got some nice shiny silver coins and thought, I need something to put these in. So I made myself a little coin pouch, posted it on some magic discords, and everyone goes, oh, I want one of those. Mm. Well, okay, cool. I'll put them on Kickstarter. And uh, yeah, it kind of snowballed a bit from there. That's a really, really cool thing to do because I think a lot of people have ideas out there that they would love to put to market, but there is a, obviously a big backing to get things off the ground and make them affordable. Could you actually explain what the process is going through like a Kickstarter campaign and the best way to go about it? Because you've had four successful of them. So you, as far as I know, like you, that's, that's an amazing achievement. Um, I mean, in terms of like most most magicians that I know that have done Kickstarters have tried to do playing card Kickstarters. Mm -hmm. And mm. the reason that they often fail is they're printing with USPCC, which has like four or $5,000 for a minimum order. Mm -hmm. um, for your first Kickstarter, you're not going to raise that much realistically. You, you'll get some people who do, but for, for most people, that's that's too high to aim for. Um, so for your first Kickstarter set, do it for something with a lower goal. I, I can't remember my exact goal for the coin pouch. It's like something like five hundred pounds. Um, but once you've delivered stuff and people can see that everyone got your product and they were happy with it, people mm. are more willing to part with their money to get something. Hmm. There's there's a lot of horror stories on Kickstarter where people back things and there's delays or they never get the goods or yeah I funded I've tried many I've you know <clears throat> purchased things and it's been two years later that the thing actually arrives but it's not what it's promised for sure yeah it, it's a shame but that's that's just the way that Kickstarter is so if you can deliver the goods before schedule um, and the goods are good then people, you know, people come back. Yeah. Do you have any of those coin purses handy by chance? The leather. Oh, I think I had one around that I actually have dice in. I can find it. 
Ooh. I'm not too sure whereabouts it went. It fell on the floor earlier. Right, yeah, it's got a bit worn and aged, so they look a bit that's nice. What we, that, that, that's what we like with leather, you know? Yeah, yeah it's got character. Patina. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're so made they from um, vegetable tan leather, so they get darker as they age. Oh. Um, you can store dice in them as well as coins. You can store all sorts oh, of stuff in them. Uh, but this is a dollar-sized one for holding... Very cool. Do you share routines that could be used with that particular purse? Like, if you were to empty things out, and then, like, is there anything of that nature that, like, when purchasing your products, is there routines that come along with it, for example? I mean, it's not gimmicked, it's just designed to be a nice little case to keep your coins in. So, Mm -hmm. you could hypothetically, like, show it empty and palm something into it and yeah oh it's got stuff in but Mm. i just kind of assume that my customers know what they're doing i don't want to teach them yeah and then they can probably come up with themselves i've always wondered the cloisters deck that i um purchased from your kickstarter very unique, and I I don't even know how to explain it. But the instead of a normal playing cards with the different suits and the and the values, these were like were they medieval symbols on each one? Is that how you just yeah? So the cloisters deck, it's um, that was a recreation of an actual fifteenth century deck. Right, um, so it's kind of like what cards were used as before they developed like the system. Yeah, so the system of of suits that we've got now developed in about 1500, I think. So beginning of the 16th century. Um, So at that point, you had three different sets. You had the German ones, which is what's on my current Kickstarter. Um, Those are bells, acorns, leaves, and hearts. Uh, You had the Latin ones, which are basically the same as tarot. And you had the French symbols which is clubs hearts um spades diamonds um and then the french ones came over to england and then from england to america and that's that's how they're the uh the popular ones now but the the cloisters deck was based on hunting so that one's got leashes for dogs um nooses for holding game birds that you've killed uh Right. Yeah, yeah. Do you happen to have one handy at all? I realize uh, I, can, I should have asked you this beforehand, but I can go and grab one. It'll take me literally about a minute. Yeah, that's okay. I reckon let's do it. I, I think the the audience will love it. I'll I'll take you off for a sec. I'll keep an eye out uh, for when he comes back. But um, that's pretty wild. I mean, have I've always wondered what it would be like if I could work with leather, like what I would try and make. You know. Have you ever thought yeah, about just that? Yeah, just in this conversation. Yeah, just in this conversation, I was thinking to myself, like, if you, if you could just embed flat magnets inside of your particular wallet or whatever sort of thing that you have, mm. you could effectively achieve a type of effect where um, if you had a magnetic coin or a shell or something of that nature, you know, like you could like ditch things, hide things, or yeah, like it's magnets. Magnets to me are just so magical to begin with. And just the fact that you can embed them in between layers of leather, like there is something to be had there. Oh yeah. 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 Totally. Mm. Um, 
oh, what's John? Oh, the deck sounds cool. Yeah, it does sound cool. And then Magic with Foe, Josh, what's your favorite trick? Maybe I'll try and answer that quickly uh, before Simon comes back. Favorite trick? That's like asking, I don't know. That's like asking the age old question of how long's a piece of string, you know? Like, it's definitely, for me, it's situational. But if I'm like, show me something that you enjoy right now, because it's something I'm working on, it's, uh, I give the audience two jokers. I say, name any card. They name it. They pluck the jokers into the deck anywhere. They hold the deck. And then once they spread the deck, that card they named is now in between the jokers. It's, and it's as fair as it sounds as I'm describing. So that's like, for me, that's like, I'm trying to like create that to be like, I'm doing nothing. So for you, Magic with Foe, that's currently my favorite. But uh, what about you? I was, was going to say, I have this affinity with sandwich effects as well, which is just mm. funky. I don't know what it is about them. Just like nothing in between them. And I, I think it's because I... I love performing magic in people's hands and the fact that it appears like a coin appearing between someone's hands is a fun moment. So appearing between yeah. two cards is equally as cool and I really get a kick out of stuff like that. Yeah. And there's yeah. so many different ways to approach it too, like in the hands, on the table, obviously visual versions. Um, yeah, you can have a lot of fun with it. I fall in love with premises. I've come up with a new premise in magic, which we will probably talk about off air. And uh, maybe we'll air that in next episode or something like that. Mm. It's, it's a really funky idea. And everyone I've shared it with has just gone, I hate how your brain works and comes up with stuff. And I go, you're welcome. So how are we going with Simon? Is he returned? <laughs> He's almost back. I can see uh, him ruffling around. Yeah, I can see him ruffling around. Simon, we're going to bring you back on, my friend. Oh, geez, put that away. No, just kidding. All right. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Let's see what show until we have. Welcome back sure. to the show. Hey. Please, Luke, so, please. Just, just, just a question while you're, uh, while you're getting those out, my friend. Is, is this particular deck now that you're showing us something that's part of your store that you can actually be pushing now as a product? Like, is it still available or is it just a Kickstarter and it's gone and there is no more of these to get purchased anymore? Oh, yeah. You can get these on my store. Great. Oh, right. Okay, okay great. Which the links so folks, are in the uh, description of this video, by the way. Great. So All if right, you dig continue. the deck, my friends, support our boy Simon. Go ahead, yeah. Simon. Show us what you got. Yeah, so, uh, so we've got dog collars. That's what a 15th century dog collar looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, hunting horns. Yeah, so this is actually the face of the deck. This is the face where, like, the, the you know, face. The, the back is just to. The mm. backs on the originals would have just been plain, but I wanted to put something on the backs so that it's. Um, well, mostly so that when you use a double backer, it's not like you're just using a blank card because I've put double backers yeah. in the deck. Hey. Mm. Uh, and are you basing this design off, 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 cool. off a pre. Yes, yeah, beautiful. Now, I'm just curious are you are you are you basing this design off a previous design you came across in your 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 history studies of like where the decks came from? Is this like a rebirth or a redesign of something from the 1500s, or is this purely original idea with all the inspiration you got so from these, that history? These are a, a deck that you can see in the Met Museum in um, America. I'm not sure where New the York. Met is, New York or something. Mm -hmm. um, the 
original cards are a completely different size and shape, though. So I've I've reformatted them to be on poker cards because I'm a magician. I want to use poker cards. Yep. Um, and for the listeners know. out there, what you probably didn't see was the back of the cards is effectively like a. It looks almost like a uh, like a NASCAR track that goes. There's two two lines that go right around the outside of them, not in a very sharp way, but more in a nice oval shape way. Um, was there a reason they were designed like that back then, Simon? Uh, or, or well, mostly the, the front of the cards has it as well. Oh, nice, so nice. The, you can have well, he, the he, image vanish from a card. Or... Simon was saying they used to be blank on the other side, so this is like his way of adding just something textural yeah. to it without it being blank, right? Um, this deck actually yeah. also comes with a set for free card Monty as well for doing a gimmick. Mm. Um, so... I mean, we're all magicians here, right? I'm not going to be giving anything away showing a gimmick three-card Monty deck. <laughs> we're all uh, good so here, I think. Yeah. Two queens are blank, and on the other side, you've got queen. And... Ah, fun. Yeah. yeah, I also think it's highly probable that this hustle was around back then, right? Uh, it probably would have been an early hustle with cards, because there's... <laughs> So the it would have been balls has been a thing since at least Roman times, and people would have hustled with it then. Um, so presumably done like the free shell game style mm. thing, as well as just doing the traditional cups and balls and going around having people go around cutting people's wallets off. Yeah, just, yeah. Just hang from your Belt. John John made a John Prentice here made an interesting comment where like it would make a super interesting idea for story deck, like that's a really really fun idea to tell a story with that because I guess um, everything's sort of pertinent to the time it's very period correct so things with collars knives whatever it might be um, so what what were the what are the um, the the suits in in this era? Uh, so the suits, I'm not sure if they'll show on. There we there go. We go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so the first one is... On the side. So we've got collars. Collars. Uh, Sorry, I'm trying to get this in focus. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. So it's, that's a collar. Collar, a hunting horn. Um, a, got a, a leash there. A leash. Dogs. And this is a set of nooses for holding a brace of game birds. Um, so, so it, it would certainly lead to a very period correct storytelling type experience. Like if you were to make one into a story yeah. deck, I think you yeah. could tell an interesting story about the, the medieval hunt with them. Definitely, yeah. It'd be instead of Sam the bellhop, it would be Sam the conqueror or Sam Sam the cobbler, Sam the squire, going down, Sam the squire. Sam the Squire going down to 652 Castle Main Road. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this this was the first deck that I put on Kickstarter, the Expert ESP deck. Um, right. This was, okay. All right. This was supposed to be five cards that I give away free with a wallet. And... Okay. I posted the back design of the cards in a couple of places. I'm just going to have to open this up because I don't actually have one open at the moment. Oh, brand new deck open. opening. For the listeners, we'll, we'll do our best to uh, 
to explain what you're seeing here because obviously yeah. magic is a very visual medium but we are mm. so well spoken here in Oz and in Scotland and not so and much Doug Brisbane Con- but yes <laughs> Doug Con is pointing out that obviously sponge bunnies were around back in the 15th century as well. <laughs> The only time I ever saw sponges in medieval times, they were attached to a stick and it lived in a bucket and you used it to wash your butthole when you were done pooping in a realm. Yeah. um, If any of the people actually watching want to play spot the difference and see if you can spot the mark on these, I'll hold them up for Um, a little while. Maybe hold them back just a tiny bit so it'll focus. There we go. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, that's... uh, not gonna. The answer's not gonna come from me. That's for sure. No, no. So Is it the best way from I, yeah. I pretty much posted these, same as with the the coin pouch posts on a bunch of Discord groups. I'm on. Hey, look, I've made this mm. thing. Um, I actually love that it's black. It's a it's a it's a black back design with really with beautiful white sort of drawings for the listeners out there. It's almost reminiscent of smoke. And I really dig that. I think it's a really good looking back. You have a purple version as well, which yeah. is not going to focus, is it? There we go. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, now, the I, I kind of like this. It, yeah, so it's like a border mm. with, a, with a drawing in the middle, and it's just it looks very reminiscent of the way smoke would sort of leave a candle or an incense, and it, you just watch it sort of mesmerizing in that sense. I think that's that's a very pretty deck. And and the, 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 the court cards and so forth, can you show those with the aces? Uh, well, the cards are ESP. Oh, they're all ESP. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, yeah. that's right, because you were saying yeah. originally... You did mention that. ...it'd be five cards you'd give out with a wallet, right? Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, when I designed the wallet, I basically went along the thought process of what's currently in my pocket, can I make all of that into a wallet? Um, so mm. in my pocket was a set of five ESP cards, um, which weren't my own ones. I'm not going to name which ESP set they are, but they were terrible and see-through. And you could like hold it up to the light, and you'd see the um, design, like the symbol through the other mm. side of it. And it would be really super obvious, like what right. you'd buy from like Wish dot com or something. You say that, but it's actually a really well known ESP set that you get from like Murphy's and stuff. Right, right, okay, um, great. So I'm, so I'm not going to name different. it because I, I don't want to bad mouth. That's right. When I when I when I hear to slander people, not at all. That's very uh, um, diplomatic of you. But I, you but I mean, know, I wanted better ones anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll design my own. Um, so you could purchase a whole deck of these. Is that correct? You can. Yeah, the full deck is it's basically two sets of ESP cards, as purple and black. So an ESP yep. deck's normally twenty five cards. That's um, great. For the, for the mentalists out there. I think this would be a gorgeous deck for any sort of mentalist out there who is in need of things of this effect. If they're doing it in a roving setting, especially because it would just be so great to be able to achieve an ESP type thing. Because a lot of times when you see it, it's this like plasticky, gimmicky type of thing. But the fact that you can tie ESP effects to something that is a little more common and a little more understood, but when people see a deck of cards, they're not sort of blown away that it's a deck of cards. It might be weirded out that it's got different faces, but you just explained these are for mind reading. You know, it's a mind-reading deck. You look at a one, I'll read your mind. That's a great idea. Mm. I've tried to make the deck as, like, generic testing deck as possible as well. It's not like... Uh, like an air cushion three-ply. It's just a testing cards, not a toy. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
It should also yeah, say nothing, legit nothing on there as well. <laughs> yeah, nothing under the tab, it should say. Under the tab, it should say not gimmicked. You know, it should say <laughs> real. You know. Yeah, hundred percent real. Yeah. yeah. If, if you decide you have psychic powers <clears throat> after using these, I'm not responsible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a fun idea. So. Yeah, the psychic powers thing is quite interesting. I, I've, I'm exper- experimenting with a lot of ideas at the moment in which you can give the power to your spectators or to your uh, to the people you're bringing up on stage, for example. So I've got this. A lot of things I'm exploring in that realm. And I think that, yeah, it's a really fun thing to do. Where if you've had a premise where it's like, if you use it and you get the psychic powers and you start seeing dead people, that's on you. Like I told you, like not to mess with it. And then you went and messed with it. And now you have to go to sleep with dead people in your bedroom and dolls. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And that's just a Sunday, (laughs) folks. (laughs) Bazinga. (laughs) So what else keeps you busy, Simon? What other other, um, magic or bizarre props you've acquired or things uh, happen over in, uh, in Scotland. Sorry, I mixed up the wrong country last time. Yeah, what other is things uh, do you like working on? Is he frozen or has the doll possessed his body? Uh, PC crash BRB, that's right. Okay. Gotcha, so, I, for sure, I, I for sure thought that doll had just possessed his body for a second. I was like- Maybe that's what happened. happened. Maybe the yeah. doll- like pull the Cat5 cable and strangling him with it right now. I hope he's okay. And if <laughs> like, and if, and, and then a part of the, the weird thing is part of us is like, if that actually happens, we'll get so many views on this podcast. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like we, we have evidence of like a possessed uh, attack. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That'd Bob, be great for content. Um, that'd be great for content. With, with response to your message, Bob. Yes. Count me in. I have a, I have a thing. Um, let's set up a friendship and some contact. I'd love to have a chat to you about a stupid idea I have. Hilarious, but yes. stupid. So yes, that is great. And that's the beauty of having podcasts like this, you know, and you share these ideas and these thoughts and you have people like yourself committing and showing these really cool ideas. Um, it's really great. In fact, we should have a chat about the actual Discord because I understand that you've set this up. Now, I I don't get Discords, maybe because I'm old, but like... I'm part of another Discord, which is Dave Williamson's um, Slight School, and I, I can't get on it. And I've had this whole back and forth, and I've had their IT guy be like, I go, look, I'm paying for it. I've been paying for it since it opened. I've never been on it. I can't get on it. I've tried to join it. I signed up and did all the business, and they're like, we'll send you an invite. I'm like, I'm not getting the invite, my dude. Like, it just mm. didn't work. But- Every time I hear folks like Doug and yourself who are like, oh, I made this friend on a Discord and I hear it and I'm sitting there going like, there's this whole world, this whole universe that it's people bizarre, are hey. connecting and networking and I'm missing out on it. And I, I feel really regretful about that because, you know, it's- that's, ki- it- that's kind of how I feel about Twitter. Like, I just don't understand Twitter, like how you orchestrate people you're following and I've, you know, but- but Discord, yeah, Discord's like a younger generational thing. Like I even don't really understand it, but I know we have one apparently for the Magic Guys that that Jason okay. set up, and and I have access to it. And so like I'll see messages pop up, but like I think the whole Discord thing that that people like is um it's not like Facebook where it makes you set the name to who you are in real life. So people okay can set um, their own username like back in the day when you just have a cool you know nightwalker 52 or whatever yeah so you have this um 
We should explore that in a second. So, um, you and Nightwalker, yeah. like that. That sounds no, no. That's just what came out of my head. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But but um, but in saying that, Doug's all over Discord and um, yeah. Well, the chat is like three times our age. So, well, that's what that everyone in the chat is saying. Doug's is the best. Doug this and that. So maybe yeah. Doug, you could you could kindly um, invite me to to this and and educate me on like what we're missing out and coerce more yeah. people more listeners everyone is scoping this out to then join your discord and actually be a part of like what's what is a really really cool community i think it's super important so um, yeah so apparently, this idea of apparently making can, fake names and apparently you can do video jams on there as well so that that that's, that's right it's crazy we got to look into yeah. this more nick i mean like, for all we know yeah. all our future clients are there somehow um, yeah. But even even the resources, like I find it's so funny. Mm. People are so are in such a rush to like get more clients. And that's like the last thing on my mind. I'm all about building resources and people that I can lean on, like having brains that, that, are, that are smarter than mine. And I go, I have this idea that I want to make. And they go, you're an idiot. I'm an engineer. Do it this way. And I go, I love you for teaching me this. And this has happened yeah. to me so many times. Uh, one of my bestest buds from high school, his name is Peter. And we call him Tucky. And Tucky got Apprentice of the Year two years in a row and was like awarded stuff from the prime minister and started his own engineering business. And now he's like a multi who's actually killing the game. And mm. I share ideas with him all the time and I'll give him a call. And like during the conversation, he'll be like, I just sent you a screen grab of my CAD drawing. Is this what you're talking about? And I'm like, you are amazing. Like I've sent stuff yeah. to him like, Here's how I want to jam. Oh, like, yeah, you go, slide school. But yeah, like, here's, here's an idea I have, la, la, la. And then sure enough, I... Okay, so it looks like um, we have... So he's back in. Simon let's back see. With a, with a new browser. Let's make sure Stand that by, he... Friends. Let's make sure he is uh, still alive. And welcome back again, Simon. Are you okay? Simon, and the doll welcome possess back, you, Simon. just blink twice if you need our help. I you guys now. I'm not sure what's going on here. Okay. Just while they're sorting out his audio, we'll, we'll tell you what we're seeing. Uh, Simon has returned back to the podcast. However, he cool, has cool. a black eye. He has a black eye and a couple of scratches. Um, the doll is missing, and we're a little concerned about. Um, Simon, are you okay? I'm okay. Simon, Simon, oh, if, you can hear us. Oh, thank goodness. Simon, if you're in, if you're in, Simon, if you're in danger, blink twice. We'll send help. <laughs> no, it's fine. There's, there's definitely <laughs> nothing haunted about that doll. Okay, because what happened was you were we were talking to you, and then all of a sudden you stopped moving, and the doll is just staring at us, and we're like, <laughs> he's become possessed, and uh, yeah. it's all our fault. But um, what the, but you're did back. you see that? A thing what? fell. I heard behind it behind you. Make sure there's no sharp objects around the doll before you go to bed. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's what. For the listeners um, out there, a pair of scissors just dropped next to the doll. Okay, move, moving on. Simon, um, <laughs> before we lost you there, we were wondering yeah. um, what other things you sort of work upon. What I'm sort of curious about is you do perform, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Now, I would love to know like what that looks like because right now you're dressed in a skeleton sort of regalia and I imagine that you perform in this medieval type. So I, I, I'm a big fan of costuming. Uh my tailor is my best friend. I'm constantly having my suit worked upon, repaired, etc. And so, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you're putting the regalia on. That looks yeah. awesome. Authentic. Oh, I love that. Is that is that really warm? I imagine a yeah. Is that really warm? 
So what you're wearing, I'm curious, is this sort of like a traditional, and I don't want to sound rude when I say this, but like, is it like a jester type character that you perform in, Simon? No, it's just general everyday wear. Oh, so you're just, you're an average Joe that does magic. That's your character, correct? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I love that. That looks, is that something you made or had tailored? Yeah, Yeah, I made made it. This is my 16th century gear. My 14th century is in the car, but it basically looks like a dress. (laughs) Yep. And that's why you keep it in the car. That makes total sense. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. And Saint um, Saint is asking, tell us about your cod piece. Is that something that you understand that I don't? Uh, cod piece is there to cover the flap in your pants to, you know. Oh, great! Move your cod piece. Oh, so do you? I'll never piss. Oh, do you? Do you? Do you get to wear? A, do you get to wear a kilt when you do magic? Uh, no, kilts are a nineteenth century thing mostly. Oh, also, so everyone, I'm not Scottish. Wait a I mean, second. I'm Scottish insofar as I live in Scotland and this is my home, but. Like, okay, I was thinking that the character in was indigenous. So, I was thinking um, the character was indigenous. So am I to understand people in Scotland wore pants and then went nuts to this? It's the 19th century. Time to change. Y'all put on um, dresses. It's mostly that I, I'm not. I'm going to get this horribly wrong because. Recent history of Scotland is not my. Okay, I will remind you. I will remind you as you say this. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story, Simon. Go for it, buddy. Oh yeah, but I could get lynched for this by some of my friends. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so um, like it's rich, largely English people. um, Made the whole like Scottish tartans. uh, linked to families and all that sort of stuff. So the um, kilt's a sign of wealth? The kilt's just like clothes. I mean, I've, I've worn a kilt for going to a wedding and they're really comfortable. It would and, be. And warm. Right. I mean, they're the warm? one thing, the one, the only thing I know about it, because uh, my grandma had some, some Scottish uh, history in her was that, yeah, they would have, the tartan would be, a, a particular pattern for the family or they have like a family crest or something and it would be passed down through the females, not actually the males in the in the Is that family like tree the, line. That's like Judaism. That would carry the where, na- yeah. Yeah, like it's like, you know, if you marry a Jewish woman, like you're then having Jewish kids. That's the deal. Like mm. that's what you sign up for. So that's kind of nice. And I yeah, think it makes sense because... It, it goes back to before we had genetic testing. So if the woman is Jewish and the kids are Jewish. You know the kids are Jewish because, you know, you know who the mother is. The father could be anyone, hypothetically. John Snow. Yeah, but the mother is is known. You can't pretend mm-hmm. to be somebody's mother. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's why the kids are inheriting things down the female line. Oh, yeah, right, because you know. Because, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot like, more sense. I mean, I'd, I could go and have kids with a Jewish woman who's married to a Jewish man. The kids would be Jewish because of their mother. They wouldn't be Jewish because of me because I'm not Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it you makes sense because I guess yeah, men men were going to war. They were dying. They were having limbs cut off and whatever else you know. So or getting kicked in the dick by a horse, and that's how you died. Which 
does happen. Um, that's why you wear a cod piece. Is that correct? Uh, no, a cod piece is, is, is literally just like a part of your pants that covers the gap where you get it out to have a pee. The, the gooch? Yeah, it's like a fly zip before they had zips. Okay. Oh. Did you not make... Oh, I'm so learning you don't something. make them out of metal? So you can... <laughs> um, no, it's just it's a flap of fabric. It's not a chastity belt is what you're telling me. Yeah, no, it's, it's like a flap of fabric that... So Ladies and gentlemen, I'm this is what we're describing. with trousers, right? He's going to show us, everyone. This is going to be great. This is his next Kickstarter, like, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't have okay. But you'd have like a gap here. See where, where the fly zip is, right? That would just be yes. an open gap. You'd yeah. have a flap that comes up and covers it. <laughs> yeah. And then when you want to go for a piss, you pull down your cod piece, whip it out. <laughs> there you go. That's that's what a cod piece is. It's wow. like a, and, and it's a functional... Where... <laughs> For all the listeners of this podcast, you have to watch the YouTube video. Alex, <laughs> Alex, out on the YouTube video. Can I just say, I think Alex wins the uh, comment of today. Card to cod piece, next bestseller. That is <laughs> that's fire. That's uh, now we're really thinking here. Now yeah, the juices are flying. This is a great idea. Yeah. So you know, since you're up there. With that, giving us that view, where card do you, um, card stab. card stab? Think about it, man. Think about it. Undo cod the cod stab. Piece, spring the cards. You give it a good thrust and straight through the card. <laughs> That's a great idea. Well, like you can't. You, I love how your you. camera just shook as you thrust it. Does that happen often? That's uh, what happens when you thrust. I come with the thunder, <laughs> clap, lightning. Like here, yeah. moving on. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who's just listening to the audio, it's really graphic right now. You definitely <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah. Sheesh. I mean, where do we go from here after cod piece? I mean, it's all... Where do babies come from? I guess that's the next step. No, what I'm curious about is with the, um, with the costuming, I, for someone like me and anyone who's come to see my lecture, I have a lecture called the Iron Man Lecture, and it's about when you put on a suit that you become more than just a magician, you become Iron Man, for example. So when I put the suit on, I become Nick K, that guy's an animal, and away he goes. Um, anyone who's seen like my toppets and things that I've customized into my suit, you sort of appreciate the far as costuming goes. I look at what you're wearing, and I'm curious, like... What's your carry? Do you carry in like a duffel bag type traditional thing? Do you have pockets? Um, can you can you put things up your sleeve um, like, or drop when them? I'm being medieval or just day to day? Oh, medieval. Definitely. Oh, medieval. Like it's the dress um, that he wears day to day that's in his car, Nick. Don't be silly. See, I don't know where I've put my stuff. I've got a little pouch thing that's got my cups and balls in it. Oh, okay. So, so you, um, oh, and you, do you, so you perform that, um, are you, are you doing everything stage or are you doing roving pieces as well is the next question. Standard behind the table. Oh, um, so like a parlor setting type setup. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you guys really get reenactment shows. I know you've got call to arms no, there. No, not at all. It's more of a. Um, no, we don't really get no, Ren fairs or anything like that here, here yeah, in Oz. Yeah, we're that also. much. There's like yeah. a couple maybe somewhere, but. No. Yeah, and Simon, so, we're, we're also idiots. So mm. the more you explain, the more we learn. This is fantastic. So explain to us exactly what a Renaissance-type magic show would look like. Okay, so as a, a medieval reenactor, um, I go to events at largely castles around Scotland and 
there's of which there's many several reenactment groups that will go to them mm-hmm. um, and they're they're all people like me who dress up in medieval clothing and pretend to be medieval people and then the public can come around and go and look at us kind of like a zoo mm-hmm. so we're all behind um, like ropes that like, now the character the, the character that you have what's the name of your character is it straight up simon or is it Oh, it's just me. It it's, it's literally just me. Okay, so there's not like a character that you embody, and you you adopt the speech that would be more pertinent to the to, to the period. No, of time. so that's that's more of an American thing for Renaissance fairs. Um, ah. They tend to try and speak like medieval people, but they sound nothing like medieval people. Sorry to any Ren fair magicians watching. Um. But yeah, we, well, that, we that, just that, that's a an important there. lesson. That's a really important lesson. So I don't imagine people still walked about in the 1500s going lol and, you know, FOMO. But is there <laughs> anything that like with regards to speech that you sort of try to adopt when you are presenting things? Do you throw out any like, hear ye, hear ye and ring a bell? And and I don't know, do you get to punch children? Because you could do that in the 1500s. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. We do have a thing called Kids Army where we fight children with foam swords. Um that's fantastic. <laughs> the children obviously beat the crap out of us. <laughs> it's, it's like very, that joke. It's very one-sided. Um, it's like that um that that funny joke that people ask when they're having a drink. It's like, oh, would you rather fight um a giant Nick K or one hundred like one tall Josh Nabitos? You know what I mean? And I think that like you, you what you'll learn from this is that a bunch of kids are going to crush you. If you fight them with yeah. like you, foam you swords, um, yeah. So yeah, we, we hand yeah. them all foam swords, and they'll surround us and beat the hell out of us. And, and how into it fun. do you get? Yeah, Sorry? do you get like full Spartan type and like kick down a, a kid or poke, or do you let them have their fun? No, you just let them have their fun. It's just entertainment for the kids. Because uh, as well as the magic, I also do combat as well. Like I, I fight people with swords. And- well, now that makes sense. This whole episode makes yeah. sense now. Yeah, that you're yeah, into we've, combat. We've, we've, yeah, we've pulled it all together. Yeah. And Bob made a comment saying that it's only a five hundred dollar fine to punch a child in Arkansas. And we don't condone violence on this uh, podcast. Let us be very clear about that. We do not condone it, but we do understand it. Thanks to our good friend Simon. Thank well, you, Simon, Bob, for helping us. Because uh, Bob, that's how Bob used to make his pocket money as a kid. Is he would find adults that will punch him, and uh, and then he would go halves with the officer in the fine <laughs> that would be paid. So a, a these are all things we learn about Bob growing for up. A price. Mm. Well, the swindling would make a lot of sense there in the in the Renaissance Fair. So, I, at, okay. So, other than yourself entertaining at the um, actual like Renaissance Fair, what other things would they would they see? Would they experience the food being done at that time? Food. Would they um, would there be any sort of like traditional dances or traditions that were sort of practiced in that era? It very much depends on who is at the show. Um, so, the group I'm with is primarily a combat group. Um, so they Great. they'll have a little arena and they'll do displays of medieval combat, jousting, um, things of that nature. Jousting. That right? That's actually another group I'm with. My brother-in-law is a jouster, um, so I help him out with stuff. Um, you know what's amazing? Like whenever I perform, I like to just break the fourth wall and go. That's what I do for a living. What do you guys do? And I just chill for a minute, and everyone will say. 
well, nothing as cool as what you do. And that's the most common answer I get back. But if I ever said that and someone said to me, that's what I do. What do you guys do? And a bloke turned to me and said, jouster. I would probably bow to him. Oh, he's, yeah? he's a jouster. And then in his spare time, he's in the army. So. Oh, I would do that. I'd be like a, a real life warrior. And then I would yell at the bartender and be like, fetch us mead. We need mead. And then mm. we drink mead. That's a great idea. Um, yeah. So, so that's that's funny, man. That's very funny. So what about food? What about really? <laughs> <laughs> and what about food? Is there any like old school food there? I mean, I don't know I how well. I mean, Scotland I cook my own food, food there. You, the public can just eat from burger vans. They they don't get to mm. eat the horrible mm. menu the tra- food that we have to U- eat. Uber Eats. Yeah, the traditional fifteen hundreds um, burgers. I think they were called something back different back then. yeah no medieval food's pretty good actually you get um get some really nice recipes like mac and cheese that's what? um okay that's, a, that's in a 14th century cookbook yeah Shut so i think once up. once there everyone is. gets hungry once it's everyone gets hungry at the ring fair all bets are off that's what it is okay so um, before we go cheese no. <laughs> mac and cheese 14th I'm, century i'm staggered Jeez, absolutely man. staggered I'll, I'll wow. link you in your Discord. Brilliant. You Please do. S- okay. Speaking of linking stuff, Simon, before we go, you brought up something that uh, you wanted to mention to the viewers and uh, you have like somewhat of a giveaway for one of your Kickstarters. Do you want to just explain that? Oh, so the, the giveaway is, is separate from the Kickstarter. So, um, Great. So the Magic Reddit, our Magic, um, it's impossible to get a post to stick on there. It's like the moderators delete everything. So whoever a week from today can send me a screenshot. You can find my contact details below or on my website. Whoever can get a post linking this deck on my website, the expert ESP deck and saying something nice about it. You've, Anyone who's been watching the YouTube videos, seen the the back designs and stuff, drop a link to it, post it on the R Magic subreddit. If it stays up for 24 hours, whoever's got the most upvotes with the 24 hours of it staying up by this time next week, I will send them postage paid one of these decks. Brilliant. It's a challenge. And- if you, you don't probably, do it, like most people will find that their post gets deleted after about two minutes. Yeah, um, but most wow. importantly, so that's the challenge. That's yeah. the challenge for any Reddit. Uh, for anyone who's listening, for any Reddit, um, what are they called? Any any Reddit moderators that take it down, the doll is going to haunt your dreams. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys. 